0: Well, good to see you tonight. And uh, I'd like to just say one more prayer before we jump into the word a moment. If want not you just lift your hands. Father, we thank you for the entrance of your word, that it brings light and it gives understanding. Father, we pray just as Jesus did on the road to Emmaus, that he opened their hearts to understand the scriptures We pray tonight that you would open our hearts, that the Spirit of God would illuminate us. Lord, that faith would come. And we pray just as the early apostles prayed. And we pray, Father, that you will stretch forth your hand to do signs, wonders, miracles, healings, deliverances in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Psalms 145 and verse 8. "'The Lord is gracious, he's full of compassion. "'He's slow to anger, he is great in mercy. "'The Lord is good to all, "'and his tender mercies are over all his work.'" Now, notice that the Bible says that he is great in mercy. In Micah, it says that he delights in mercy. I've heard people say the days of miracles are past, But I've never heard anybody say that mercy's gone. Have you? Never. But in Luke, the 18th chapter, it says, And it happened, and he was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the roadside begging and hearing a multitude basking by, he asked, What does it mean? And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet, but he cried out all the more, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and he commanded him to be brought. And when he had come near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. Now, when he was asking for mercy, what kind of mercy was he asking for? He was asking for healing mercy. And the Bible says God delights in mercy. In fact, in Isaiah 30, in verse 18, it says, therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious or merciful to you. And therefore will he be exalted? Or why will Jesus be exalted? That he may have mercy on you. That he may have mercy on you. And it's in Philippians chapter two where it says that Jesus has been highly exalted and given a name that is above every name, but he has been exalted to have mercy. Some people think that Jesus' ministry is over, but it is not over at all. His earthly ministry is over, but now as our high priest, he still has mercy. In fact, he was exalted that he might have mercy on us. Hebrews four sixteen. let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, mercy. mercy. There is healing mercy for you. Now, they, they asked me in the pre-service, how long are you going to talk? And I said, someplace between 10 and 40 minutes. <laughs> because I've got plenty to say, but uh, and I'm just going to talk until I kind of feel like, like it's time to move into the next phase here. So let me give you a couple of the pillars of divine truth or divine healing truth. And the first one is very simple. We can start with Acts 10:38. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with a holy ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Number 1 is simply that sickness and disease are not from God. They're a result of the fall, a result of sin and the devil being in the world. It's not, sickness is not something that God has sent. Notice, it says Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. It doesn't say that God had sent it to them to punish them or to test them or to bless them. When Jesus ministered to people, he ministered to people who were oppressed of the devil. In Luke 13, there is a woman who's bent over, and she's been this way for 18 years, and she could not straighten up. And it says in Luke 13 and 11, and there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Now, if the medical science had examined her They would have probably found a natural cause. They may have said she had curvature of the spine. But the reason for that curvature of the spine was a spirit, an evil spirit, a spirit of infirmity. And it was bent over and couldn't in no way raise herself up. And Jesus called her over, laid his hands on her and said, woman, be loosed of your infirmity. And immediately the Bible says she's made straight. And Jesus made this statement. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? Sickness and disease do not come from God. Now, if if you believe that God sent something to you, a sickness or a disease, You're not going to be able to believe to receive your healing. You need to understand that sickness and disease is an enemy and it needs to be resisted. So often, well, Jesus said the thief, he doesn't come except to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. By the way, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, God calls sickness a curse. Not a blessing. In Job chapter 42 and verse 10, God calls sickness captivity. We just read in Luke chapter 13, Jesus calls it bondage. He says, Whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years. And in Acts 10 38, it's called oppression, not a blessing. It's called a curse, captivity, bondage, and oppression. Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So God is not the author of sickness and disease, but he is our healer. Number two, it is God's will for you to be well. It's God's will for you to be well. In Matthew chapter eight, there's a leper who comes to Jesus. It's in the second verse. And the Bible tells the story this way, it says, and behold, a leper came and worshiped him saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now the Bible tells us that Jesus healed literally multitudes and multitudes and multitudes, but it only gives us a very small number of specific cases. And each one of those cases is like God is trying to teach us or show us something And this this leper comes and says to Jesus what so many people today would say. God, I know that you can heal me, but I don't know if you want to. That's what he says. He says, if you're willing, you can. So basically saying, I know you have the ability to heal, but I don't know if you want to heal. So if that's your question, Jesus is going to answer the question right now. And Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I'm willing, be clean. My favorite translation says it this way, of course I will. Of course I will. Be clean. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. In uh, Matthew 14, it says, and when the men of the place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding region and brought all who were sick and begged them that they might touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly well. Now notice what they did here. It says when they recognized Jesus, it says they went to all the surrounding region and they brought all that were sick. They brought everybody and everybody who came received their healing. Now here's what they did not do because this is what some of us think that they did. This is where our theology is. We think they found a sick person and they've prayed and said, "God, is it your will to heal this one?" Because if it's God's will, then they're going to bring them, right? Because Jesus is going to heal them. Oh, oh. But the Bible doesn't say that they found somebody and had a prayer meeting and go, "Lord, who!" Is it your will to heal this one? Ooh. Every sick person they'd found, they brought. They brought them with all diseases from all the surrounding region and everyone that they brought was healed. Matthew 8, verse 16, When evening had come, they brought unto him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirit with a word. He healed all that were sick so that it might, be spoken, it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. The Bible teaches that sickness and disease are not from God and that it is God's will to heal. Thirdly, healing was provided in the Atonement. Uh, we just quote we just read where Isaiah is quoted in the book of Matthew. And it's quoted from Isaiah chapter 53. And it's really the, the Old Testament redemptive chapter. Seven hundred years before Jesus was even born, Isaiah looked ahead down that prophetic telescope and he saw Jesus go to the cross. And the, one of the things that he said that he would do at the cross is he himself would take our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. I want to give it to you from a few different translations. Rothermath's translation says he was pierced for our transgression the transgressions that were ours. Was crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement of our well-being was upon him and by his stripes There is healing for us, the amplified, but he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our guilt and iniquities, the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him, and with the stripes that wounded him were healed and made whole. As far as heaven is concerned, the work of redemption is completely finished. Nothing needs to happen additionally for you to be saved except for you to receive it. And nothing needs to happen additionally for healing except for us to receive it. Fourth and final point for for tonight faith is the variable factor in the issue of healing. Faith is the variable factor, it's not just up to God. Faith is the variable. The Bible tells us that Jesus in the gospel of of Luke, that Jesus is in a house. It says that there's teachers and scribes from every city in Jerusalem and Judea. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But none of them get healed, although the power was present to heal them. But four men come carrying a paralytic, go up on the roof, open up a hole, let the man down in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he saw their faith. The four men had faith. They would have to to take their friend up on the roof. But their friend had to have faith because he's, he's bedridden. How many, how many bedridden people do you know that are going to let you carry them up on the roof? make a hole, and let him down. If they didn't have faith, they wouldn't. Jesus saw their faith. In Mark 5, it says, Now a certain woman had an issue of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things from many physicians, had spent all she had, was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she, he said, If I may only touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing that power or virtue had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? But he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, and knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. Now, there were a lot of people that were touching Jesus, but only that woman touched him with faith. And notice what Jesus said, your faith. Your faith has made you well. Now, when she touched Jesus' body, the Bible says that Jesus felt power or virtue go out of him. So there was a tangible healing anointing. It says in Acts ten thirty eight that God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. Went about doing good and healing. So what kind of power? Well, it's healing power. Because the woman touched him, the power came out, and what did it do to her? It healed her. It healed her. But the power would not flow without Faith. Without faith, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Two blind men came to Jesus and uh, he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, be it unto you. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 and 6 that without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to receive from God or connect with God without faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So there's three points that never change. Sickness is not from God. It's from the devil. It's a result of sin in the world. Healing is the will of God. Healing's part of the atonement. But the fourth component, the subject of faith, that can change that can change. So I want to talk to you just a minute about receiving your healing. Jesus said they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, what most of us want is we do not want to be healed. We want a miracle. We want it right now. That's how fast we want it. Somebody gets prayed for it. Would you get it? Nope. Well, if you got it right then, it's a miracle. That's not a healing. Healing is a process. In James chapter 5, it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise them up. Process. Process. Now, with that said, sometimes things happen instantly. Most of the time, things do not happen instantly. Jesus said they will recover. The Bible says in James, the Lord will raise them up. So here's what has to happen. When when you're prayed for, at some point, you need to begin to believe that you receive your healing. Which simply means you believe, you ask, God said yes. God said yes. Yes. Now, you may immediately feel something. You may not immediately feel something. But the Bible says that what we're to do is we're to believe we receive when we pray. Not when we feel it, when we pray. And then Jesus said, you will have them. You will have them. So when hands are laid on you, you believe right then. You say, I believe, I receive. And you begin to thank God. You keep the switch of faith turned on. In the Bible, a noble man comes to Jesus for his son. And uh, Jesus said, go your way. Your son lives. The next day, he's about to get home, and a servant comes and says, your son lives. And and he said, what time did he begin to amend? Begin to amend. It wasn't everything instantaneous. It was a, a process. And one of the biggest mistakes that we make is to think I don't see it all right now so I did not receive most of the time it's a process other times it just takes whatever amount of time and it just shows up 10 lepers come to Jesus and Jesus said go your way show yourself to the priest now when they're healed they're supposed to show themselves to the priest and the Bible says as they went they were healed as they went They weren't healed when they stood in front of Jesus, but sometime between when they left Jesus and got to the temple to see the priest, healing came. So what I'm saying to you is this, keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep believing, keep thanking, and it's interesting, of those 10 lepers, one came back and said thank you. Only one came back and said thank you. You know, when you're prayed for, you begin to thank God that he has heard, that he said, you will recover. All right. Would you please stand? All right. I'm going to ask the, uh, the band and the uh, musicians come back up. And if you're here tonight and you would like to have hands laid on you, and pray, pray over you. You're going to believe God. I want to invite you to come forward, but for the most part, if possible, to come down the center aisle. The ushers ask that everybody come down that center aisle. right? But make your way right up front here. And we're going to make a line. We're going to pray. We're going to pray corporately. And then I'm just going to simply come by in uh, agreement with Mark chapter 16, where it says, Lay hands on the sick and they will recover they will recover I just go ahead and make that line alright Chuck can you bring some more down this way alright I'm going to ask everybody to extend your hand and we're going to pray together Father, we thank you that you have said in your word that your name is, "I am the Lord, your physician." That you said you would forgive all of our iniquities and heal all of our diseases. Father, we thank you tonight for healing for every type of sickness, every type of disease, any attack of the any enemy, any weakness in any bodies we thank you father that you are our healer we thank you that he himself jesus bore our sicknesses carried our diseases and by his stripes healing was purchased for us we thank you father that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of your love And that no work of the enemy, no sickness, no disease has any right in any believer's body. And right now we take authority over you. We bind you and we command you loose them in Jesus name. In Jesus name. We give you no place. We command you to go. We speak to every weakness. We say be gone speak to cancer and we command you in Jesus name to wither up and die disappear be gone in Jesus name father we thank you for health healing restoration soundness and deliverance in every single body from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet health and healing restoration